Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast. Today, we are going to be covering a whole wide range of interesting topics, starting from space and ending inside of your body. We're going to talk about mycology and its my, and its effects on today, the future, and just the world around us. So uh, it's going to be a little bit more structured than we're used to, because we're going to actually start in one area and end in another, in right. theory. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> in theory, in theory. All right, so uh, so let's start. I'm going to start talking about space, because it's really, really cool. So there's something called shock creep, all right? And it, NASA started working on this crap a long, long time ago. Uh, originally, I believe it was the Russians who came up with it. They were uh, trying to make boats uh, out of it during like World War One, um, where they were taking uh, uh, ice and like long strips of shredded trees, basically wood chips, and freezing it together to try to make boats. That they could sail with because it was just they were just getting their like everything they put in the water was basically just being sunk. Uh, and it worked really well. Like they could take a beating, however, you know, they had to just kind of stay around the cold areas because they would melt. So what NASA did was they came in and went, you know, that worked out really well. Those are two really, really cheap things. We can take a lot of uh wood chips to space or cellulose fibers to space, and we can we can harvest water from space. So what can we do as far as making it tougher? And so they figured out if they could add, hydrate these uh, these um, wood chips and then press them into a form and inoculate them with mycelium, they would become way harder and way tougher. And then what they would do is after it was colonized, just crack the shell open, expose it to space, and it's just like instantly freezes and is a hundred times stronger than, than concrete of the same size and diameter, right? Super structurally sound. And it just looks like a, the, the mock-ups that I've seen and then the little test runs that I've seen, they look like a giant tube of lipstick basically, right? And on the back end of it, they have this double inverted cone. So it's a cone that the two ends of the cones are touching. Kind of like a, like, like right. a nozzle for a, a rocket ship. And what they're doing is using a chemical rocket initially to get it up to uh, as fast as they can get it going. And then they use a small nuclear detonation, which works a lot different in space than it does on, you know, the Earth where it has stuff to like burn and blow up. In space, you just basically get a big kinetic wave Um, and not even that much of a kinetic wave because there's not a lot of molecules to move around in space. But they're using a small nuclear device to launch it at several percents of C, like percents of the speed of light, and making it a giant kinetic weapon to be able to knock satellites out of orbit. We're talking like asteroid satellites, not like, you know, freaking Google Chinese satellites. Satellite. <laughs> yeah, that would be way fucking overkill. You're talking about <laughs> you're talking about something that's like 50,000 tons going like 10 percent or 15 percent the speed of light. Uh, it, it would be enough to take out a small <laughs> continent, right? right. Be why like would Australia? Why would they? Why would they take wood chips into space, though? Why don't they use the same technology that they actually they're using for the? We were talking about in the other episode where they're building buildings out of the uh, the moss, and then they dehydrate it with the mycelium and they suck it down to a brick. Why wouldn't they just have tanks of friggin' moss and fungi growing? And See, then it that would be would a make constant. A lot of sense. That would just be a constant ammunition. You never have to fucking fly shit up. 
<laughs> you know, just get a little yeah, bit. You can feed it. Stuff. You can feed it all the way. What about space <laughs> trees? Come on, man. Yeah, space trees. Who's gonna yeah. chop those fuckers down? They might be blocking all the good light. How do you know the freaking aliens can't find us because of all the damn space trees between? If us? you chop, if you chop down the space it's trees, how do you get space oranges? Yeah, <laughs> space oranges. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you can use any type of cellulose, any type of really probably organic matter uh, to make these things. But they're like, this is this is stuff that like crack a freaking ship open, crack a uh, an asteroid into pieces. Take out a small moon, you know, like this is pretty cool shit. Uh, and that was that was the closest that humans have came so far to making some sort of like ship killing alien ship killing torpedo. But, yeah, make, makes sense since the the fibers and the mushroom holding it all together would have a lot of uh, it's, strength. Yeah. It would hold better, hold together better than the, the rock of the It's a kinetic weapon. It has no heat signature. It is the same temperature as the background of space. It's not giving off any sort of radiation. So uh, they're they're hoping that would be one of those things would be like you know just kind of fly into the radar, you know, yeah, kind of like the, you can the come rock, at us with yeah. lasers. Say again. Lasers, lasers. Yeah, come at us with I'll, lasers. I'll, we go yeah. at you with mushrooms. You know, uh, was, they might be made yeah. out of fungus. I was yeah. thinking it was similar to that rods from the god thing that they were they quote unquote ne- never made. No, they've made it. They, I swear to God, they've made it. It's so they, freaking they, stupid, they, easy to make. They yeah. swear to God, they haven't done it either. It's so stupid, easy to make. How did they not make it? Just drop some shit from fucking orbit straight down. Like, yep. A toddler does that shit like on GI Joe. All the time. They had yeah. that shit on GI Joe with the satellites where they dropped down those. Dude, yeah, I used to drop marbles and steelies on ant heels. I fucking qualified to do it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, totally, that's gotta exist. This, not so much. But this is something that that with our current technology, we could actually fucking pull off. So let's come back from space. That's pretty much all I have to talk about in space. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to remind NASA that we are not sponsored and that my idea is perfect for, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nudge, NASA, nudge. you're not sponsoring us. You should sponsor us because we have a lot of really great ideas on how to do this shit in space. Um, Actually, send me there. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I, don't, right? I don't want any knock from any government officials, but uh, NASA can't even fly their own astronauts in space right now. So. I bet that one to go work okay. for Elon Musk. How about we get, how about, yeah. Hey, Elon, we'll take a sponsorship. You're the only ones being successful in space right now. Let's do this. We, we, we get, we'll come up with something for space. Okay, I'm there. Dude, if you're going to use a mushroom for space, I think uh, Rishi or Rishi or whatever the fuck you guys call it would be a great one because it's just a really, really aggressive mushroom. Yeah, like, it's hard as fuck. But if you're using it for a weapon shit. No, nah, well, the Rishi doesn't really do it like that, though. Because they don't they want to do it so they get hard. It does, but it colonizes hard and it's all one shape already. So you would actually have to grow that one huge thing instead yeah. of having the moss that you can just keep pumping out there and they actually form it into the, the shape while it's still wet, don't they? Well, they were the ones that I saw, they were basically making a substrate block in the shape, like inside of like a clamshell shape. Uh, and they were colonizing it and then cracking it open in space. To let it freeze, you know. Oh, so okay. they were already they had it like in the shape already, and it just like 
in the block, and then they substrip block, and then they when they were ready, they just cracked it open and. So they made reverse. They made reverse uh, coffins. Yeah, very much. Yeah, the reverse mycelium coffins. Gotcha. Yep, it worked out. I mean, theoretically, it worked out great. Right. Like <laughs> it seems like it would work out great. Like, I mean, obviously, you're gonna make something super extreme, extremely hard. Now, it's it's one of those things that you got one shot at, right? Like, you're not gonna be able to steer it once it's going, and you can't really put any electronics on it. Um, at the moment, because you don't want to be detected by anything. But if you just, if it's like a dumb projectile, right? Like, a, like the space equivalent of a trebuchet, you're gonna you're gonna launch it at something and hope it hits it. But there's so much to make. You can shot make a slingshot tens of thousands of them. Uh, yes, they've also shot a compound bow in space, right. and because of the, it, the amount of force going forward, the amount of force going backwards, if you don't have your feet planted, right. launches you at the same projectile. The same <laughs> speed that launches the air. Splits, so, splits the power between the two of you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, one one of the best uh, projectile theories they have for space guns would be a, a, a magnetic rail gun, where you accelerate yeah, something using magnetic. Yeah, you well, have a lot of solar solar power in space. Yeah, it would work really well too. Are those uh, those uh, uh, the spears that with the sling sling spears that they use for sling spear fishing? At, yeah, at lateral or oh, uh, spear gun. Yeah, spear gun. Yeah, the the sling spear though, the one that that works that ties around your hand and you pull the spring, the the rubber band back with, then hold on to it with your hand and let it go and it just. Oh, so it's like a it's like a wrist uh, slingshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no there's no recoil on it though. There's no backwards force. Every level force is going forward as it recoil as because you already stretched the band using your hand. And you let yep. go of it with your thumb and your finger, and it shoots forward. So you're not going to have the recoil going backwards. You don't have to accelerate anything like super fast or hard. Like currently, as far as I know, there's no space armor. Everybody's just wearing these little fucking suits. You could probably pierce it with by flicking a toothpick at it or hard, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, like, well, I mean, I, I, just a three prong fucking. Hawaii sling spear will do a good damn number on some, you know, space commies. Well, I'm pretty sure yeah, that's, that's not. I'm pretty sure their space suits have to have some kind of liner because any kind of tear when they're outside would just, you know, instantly. Kill yeah, they literally carry. They literally carry. If you look at the space duct suits, tape. they literally have duct tape wrapped around their fucking yep. wrists and arms, just so that they have a roll of it right there to rip off a piece and cover a micrometeor hole. Yep. The reason yep. that they're not armored is because even a tiny micrometeorite is going 10,000 fucking miles an hour. It's going faster than a bullet. So yeah, if it hits you, the least of your worries is a tiny hole in your suit. It's flipped you inside out and drug you out of the fucking suit. Yeah. Nice. So uh, That was just in the news this morning there. The Russians had to go send another ship up to get their astronauts because a meteorite hit their other ship and put it out of commission. Yeah, you know, must tiny have a, meteorites. We're talking like a grain of sand, man. We'll just punch a hole right through the skin of those things. But, yeah, pretty cool shit. All right. So let's see. What can uh, mycology do for the Earth and Deadpool? Go. Right. Sure. Uh, well, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. I mean, we obviously know how it uh, breaks down, you know, the wood and everything else, but it is used a lot for, uh, like, oil spills, and you can train it basically to eat just about anything because, uh, I mean, anything, like strontium, for instance, you know, that's it, radioactive. Uh, they can yeah. absorb all the heavy metals, and they actually eat 
they actually use radiation as an energy source. You know, so they can absorb oh, yeah, all that I was stuff. About that. Right? Yeah. And a lot of stuff, unless it's heavy metals, they will use all the chemicals and they'll die, they'll degrade everything so that the, the plants can use the materials that they leave behind. And you can eat the mushrooms still, unless it's heavy metals, because then it can transfer into the fruit bodies. But I mean, you can train yeah. them to eat plastics, um, you know, oil, because it's all, you know. I remember reading something about them using um, mushrooms on like mining tailing pits and then harvesting the mycelial mats because they were such high, like boron or something like that, and huh. uh, beryllium, something. And then they were able to refine more metal out of the mycelium mats. Oh, shit. <laughs> so you're basically saying instead of having that little that little trap they have with the fine mesh, they took that with but they use mycelium to go ahead and absorb it into like little metal sclerosis. Well, I know they were, I know that they were doing it with um, uh, buckwheat. They were using uh, they were using buckwheat because it has such like this ridiculous like uh, roots. Like buckwheat has one of the largest root structures of any grass. Like they'll, they'll go 21 feet in any direction, each little seed, uh, straight down, sideways, back and forth, everywhere. Huge just from one little freaking seed. So when you plant a field of them, you've touched every freaking thing from 21 feet down to 21 feet in every direction from every stem of buckwheat. Uh, it's used a lot to break soils, uh, to do like green fertilizer or to do what's called remineralization of the soil. So when the soil's been just beat up, beat to heck, you can plant your buckwheat. It'll bring nutrients from down further deep than you can plow back to the surface. And then you can just plow under the buckwheat and everything. And all those roots that stay down there have made little holes for the water to seep through. So you don't end up with like a hard pan on your soil that you're, that, that causes like flooding and shit. So but they've been able to harvest the buckwheat and then get like silver from it. You know, like yeah. by like just burning it off and then just taking the ash, blowing the ash away, and oh look at that. There's fucking silver in the bottom of that. They pot. do this they do the same um, thing with well, not the same thing, but they use sunflowers to like uh, when there's a oh, yeah. contaminated area, they use the sunflowers. But what they do is the sunflowers will absorb all the fucking like the uh, I forget what it is. All kinds of fucking bacteria, or not not bacteria, but all kinds of uh, uh, poison and shit that are in the ground. And what they do is then they lay waste to the field. They burn it all in place, and then all that ash has all the then mycelium is added in. And the mycelium will eat all the ash and fruit bodies, and then make it that then it makes the ash usable for all the plants. So right, oh nice. Yeah, they got That's a, a new... smart fucking way to do it. That's totally recycling in one spot. Right. Not Very moving anything to a different spot. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they have a new industry out in like the California area. They call it micro micro remediation. It's uh they're using that for all the wildfire areas. They're using mycelium to consume all the byproducts left over from all the wildfires. How are they spreading it? Are they just Using like those, like that green I've hose seen... on the back of the trucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how I want to imagine. They're I'm assuming like, that it's, it's a giant, dropping... giant liquid culture. Yeah, just spray it on. Yeah, just spray it. Just shitloads of smelly Pepto laden fucking liquid culture all over all the smelly ass homeless people or something. <laughs> mm, <I never laughs> yeah, and, yeah and, and they've been able to train, you know, like you said, they've been able to train the mycelium to eat, you know, biological, they can eat plastics. I mean, whatever's left behind from those wildfires, the mycelium takes it in and puts it back the way it should be in nature. 
breaks it down to its basic oh. carbons. It's pretty cool. Well, there's those oysters that eat plastic that you can get a culture of already. And I'm thinking, fuck, man. I, my luck, that shit would get loose in my fucking house, eat my damn glasses, kill yeah. my fucking TV. Like, you know. Going to rampage through your house. Just last going of, rampage. Last of our electronics, that would be the show. Last At that point, I just you just fucking move out. <laughs> You're just like, what are you going to do? Just... We just we just leave the house fucking naked, just wash off with bleach in the front yard, get in the car, and drive away. <laughs> that reminds me of my old gourmet fruiting room. You know, I used to have a, a chair in there, a wooden chair that I set stuff on, and I went in there one day and it had oysters growing out of the chair. <laughs> That'll do it. Once they get that means they're that was, everywhere. That was that Trim's house. first successful grow. <laughs> 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 It was, oh, juicy, ass yeah. yeah. Give me some of that. Yeah, no, it's they, really, They really definitely want to live, I'll tell you that much. It's really cool. Right. So we've got bioremediation, and bioremediation, man, I've seen them, they do where, uh, there was an experiment, man, this was a long freaking time ago. This had to have been in the 90s, where they were using mushrooms to eat, like, uh, cigarette butts. And, I watched uh, something on that earlier like today. That. Yeah, they were using like mushrooms to eat, like used cigarette butts and um, just contaminated cotton and all sorts of different crazy stuff. That's pretty cool. I don't think I'd want to eat like that mushroom. It does. They they actually the one that I saw. I read one thing and I watched like two videos. What they do is uh they just start the mushrooms off with regular filters that haven't been used. They don't have all the toxins in there, right? And then once they realize that there's cellulose in in the filters. Then they start to they start to eat it. Then it's the same thing as when we're getting uh when we're on plates, we're picking shit, or we're looking at the at the uh, the flushes, and we see a a phenotype we like that we chase after. Once you see, once you put a couple like strands of shit in the petri dish, and they start going after that, and they eat the cellulose. Then you take that and you put that in all the all the fucked up, you know, smoked um butts, and they will actually eat the fuck out of that shit as long as it's uh well hydrated, just like cork. Yeah. I was reading something about them saying that they could teach a mushroom to eat fucking anything in five generations. Like, I've been trying that. It's not anything. true. Because my cat is still here. <laughs> We've discussed. <laughs> Stop trying to get fucking teach mushrooms to eat meat. You God said people, it, not meat. I don't give a fuck what it is. Just meat in general, because Jesus, there's some terrifying shit I'll go over here later towards the end of the episode. Just absolutely fucking scary shit that's going on in the world with mycology right now. But so mushrooms used to rule the fucking world. Like way back in the day, there were huge mushrooms. We're talking like, you know, like 13, 14 story tall mushrooms. And uh, the other day, my, my daughter was watching that, uh, that that show Sonic the Hedgehog and they had uh, Jim Carrey like exiled onto a planet of mushrooms. Oh, and right, I was like, happened. yeah, I, love that I rebound knowing that there was an entire fucking planet full of mushrooms, right? Like, it was part of Earth history. I ran and watched that scene a bunch of times, and I think they did a really good job of showing, like, giant fucking tree mushrooms and tiny little mushrooms and everything in between. But you gotta wonder, I bet you that, like, mushroom Earth was extremely toxic. Like, it had to have been not a place you want to be, right? Mushrooms, they're probably pumping out CO2 like crazy, they're probably, uh, you know, they're always going to be. Mushrooms back then are like eight meters tall. I think I read. Yeah. Like eight, 
like huge. Oh, dude, there was some. I watched that they finally found some fossils of them, but they didn't know what they were looking at uh, right. until somebody was like, "That's a fossil. That's not part of like a lake bed. That, that that's a fossil of a stipe." And uh, they're like, "Holy shit! It's the size of a redwood tree base." Yeah. And uh, they were like, "Oh man, these things gotta have been like thirteen or fourteen, you know, stories tall, and weighed thousands and thousands of pounds." Did you imagine like a spore rain off of one of those? It's like you're just like walking along. Yeah, you're just walking along, and all of a sudden it drops like a cement bag's worth of fucking spores on your head. I wonder what the water loss would be when we dehydrate one of those. Oh my god! (laughs) And then they they start. I'm just thinking. Mushrooms are constantly at war with each other and their environment. Mushrooms are like the best things in the entire world at creating toxins. Like they're so fucking good at it. It's scary. Like if you trace back most toxins, like bacteria, yeah, they create a couple, but they only create like yeah, maybe seven or eight different types. Uh, but mushrooms will make everything, and then they get bored and they make new shit up. They just go, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just uh, you could feed mushroom stuff that would be normally toxic to them, and slowly introduce it, and then boom, they'll pop out a new molecule. And you're like whatever you what whatever fuck? you see those little drops on your plates, like around a bacteria. That's the, yeah. that's those are those are metabolites or that's what they're forming to go ahead and fight it off. You can take that drip that shit and just drip it on other plates, kill bacteria. Well, you don't know, it might be just specific to that bacteria that they're fighting. They're that right. Cool. That, yeah. Thing, yeah. They're that fucking awesome that they could go like, okay, we don't like you. Fuck you in in particular. You guys are okay, but fuck him. And make one something that just cook it up in a little biofactory that specifically kills, you know, Joe Blow, the freaking bacteria that's right next to him and leaves the rest of them alone. I, I think I, I think I read awesome. about that one. That's one where they make the block, but they put an indentation on the top, and then they put like a little piece of E. coli stuff in yeah. that thing with water, and then it just fills mm-hmm. up with all the yeah the enzymes that it's creating to attack it. Yep, and then that's how they're tri- that they're using that to attempt to find new. Uh, uh, Antibiotics because the last <laughs> well no new antibiotics because the last antibiotic that was found was nineteen seventy fucking four dude nineteen seventy four was the last discovery of antibiotic that we could regularly use that doesn't kill the shit out of us all these new names of antibiotics that you get new today they're just mixtures of old antibiotics they're just like all right well let's take some cephalosporin and mix it with some amoxicillin and call it some amoxiclab you know uh, or we'll call it something else. Uh, you know, it's clavamycin. But anyway, we'll call it something else. They're all they're doing is just now playing bartender with all of the antibiotics that we've already got and trying to come up with new cocktails that attack it from different ways. But we don't. We haven't discovered any new antibiotics since 1974. We've yeah, discovered all, some all the that best have ones. All the best ones are fungus. Yeah. fungus. We've we've discovered some that potentially like uh, have some use. But they have they have those side effects of like oh hey yeah no this one kills like you know uh, total drug resistant tuberculosis but it shuts your kidneys down so in order to have you on this drug we have to put you on dialysis twenty four fucking seven so we've gone full circle back to the whole like all right it's nineteen twenty two we're gonna just chop that fucking leg off you know so and. They're estimating that the antibiotics that we currently have available for us today are only good for the next 10 to 15 years. And a lot of that you can thank is India. Everybody say, thank you, India. Thank you, India. Uh, Thank you, India. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> you can thank India for the vast majority of that. Uh, because they've just been handing out antibiotics over there willy freaking nilly. You can self-prescribe them out of freaking vending machines. And so everybody's been taking a whole bunch of crazy shit, living in complete and total squalor. Uh, a lot of times they're free or cheap, and they're just taking them until they feel a little bit better, then just discarding the antibiotics in the gutter, where they then dissolve and get weakened and liquidated to the point where all the other gutter bacteria can go, hey, this isn't that bad. This is how you make a new protein coat that that can attach to. Hey, guys, check this out. We can now eat them again. And, uh, yeah, and this is how it's happening. And a lot of it could probably be solved with just better hygiene, getting antibiotics out of the hands of random people, and, uh, like, putting in sewers. Oh, yeah. Like, modern days, I mean, it's easier to get painkillers than to get antibiotics. In, you know, in Western medicine, anyway. It's, yeah. There, it's highly well, regulated. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to get. Uh, can we get out of here, dog? I swear to God, if you fart one more time. Blaming it on the dog. As you... We, we can't be having these animals making noise in our podcast, you guys. Come on now. <laughs> no. no, it's Mobits. You guys, you guys have seen Mobits. My little rat terrier, she, uh, she is uh, silent but deadly. Like, really, really bad. She can clear a room. It was bad. She came in here, looks at me like all happy, wags her tail, gets a concentrated look on her face, and then walks off real slow. I was like, you little bitch. Hashtag, not does. Exactly. You want to talk about bioweapons? Here you go. She's old as hell, too. And, you know, but she gets to a point where she starts smelling like, um, what the fuck? It smells like like pop, not popcorn. She gets to where she smells kind of funky, and it's it's bacteria, it's funguses that she gets in her skin, and it's from just being old, like just the sweat in her skin and stuff. So if you got to shave, you got to bathe. You, you sure just like you don't have to wash her anal glands? Nah, it's her feet. She licks them all the time. Are you so sure? Have you checked? <laughs> I'm not. You can go ahead and express her anal glands. I'll let you. <laughs> no, I'm all good. Your dog. I don't even think she. I've never even seen that she has any anal glands. To do. I don't think she has like butt freaking gland things. I've never seen them. I mean, my she dog, doesn't have a tail. Dogs really, I went. I went to school for that kind of shit when I was younger, and uh, yeah, when dogs start to fucking really smell, and it like they're just like always reeking. It's because they had these glands on the side of their ass. That you, yeah, you know, and you have to squeeze them, get that shit out of there. Oh, she gets mad enough that she releases that I'm angry odor at the neighbor dogs all the time. Oh, nice. So, like, yeah, she's expressing them just fine. She goes out and yells and fights with the possums and stuff. What I'm talking about is this weird, cheesy, cheap, like, cheese whiz type smell that she gets sometimes when she gets a little fungusy. You understand that it's really, it's really moist and uh, here. And very, very humid. So uh, she'll go outside, roll in the wet grass, come inside half dry, lay in the sun. But her little, she's chubby. She puts out a lot of body heat. She's growing something on there occasionally. She ferment a little bit? She ferment a little bit. She's an old ass dog. She's probably got the diabetes. So she's a diabetes. She, yeah. she's, in a, she's in a Michael Reisel relationship, okay? Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, probably got the, she's probably got the beatus a little bit. 
And so uh, she's got probably a little sweeter sweat. And so it just grows some shit sometimes. She's like 18, 19 years old. And like, well, hold on. Yeah, she's like 17 years old in human years. So, yeah, she old. She old in dog years. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, um, we've just gotten right in there to uh, animals and funguses. Uh, Deadpool, what do you got? Oh, yeah. There's a, Uh, well, where to start? I mean, of course, we all know about the the cordyceps. But uh, you can actually take, they actually have these uh, bioinsecticides. That you can actually get. Um, there, I mean, there's there's tons of them. You just put, type that up in Google. You can get all kinds. And basically, it is a, a ground up animal, the ground up insect, and the cordyceps fungus is all you know through the powder. Whatever you have in your house, most of them, um, you know, they they like one specific animal, and so in that area, that's all they eat. But it doesn't mean you can't transfer it to another animal. So say you have uh, ants, you have plants with ants. All right, so you take, uh, say, and you find a wasp that's been infected. You know, it's go ahead, you you grind up that wasp, you sprinkle it on some, uh, you know, whatever insect is uh, bothering you at the time. <laughs> this sounds a whole lot like gain-of-function research there, mister. If this, actually, this absolutely was research. <laughs> I've been trying to do it forever. The world, humanity is still here. But uh, it's, <laughs> so, but you can go ahead, just you can take that shit and just, and, Put on a different insect. It might not work every time, but when it does work, it'll it only want to work. So you have ten in the dish. One goes. You take that one. You grind that up because now it's closer. Just like every other phenotype, you know, you're looking you're looking for the one that likes to eat what you don't like. And as you keep going, pretty soon, then it's you know, it's eating what you don't like, and uh, the world is a better place. Well, they've already make uh, very specific. They make very specific. uh, uh, bioinsecticides already yeah. that have like bacterial thurogensis in it. The BT toxin that they use for caterpillars and shit on corn. Yep. You know, but you also need to make sure if you really do it, awesome. it does. But it, if uh, they do it, if you do it the wrong way and you do it at home and you're trying doing that, you don't know if it's going to cross contaminate. You know I'm saying not cross contaminate, but uh, collateral damage. Yeah, you know, you're her, trying to get rid of this people. ant. You don't want to get a you know of every fucking insect around the house. You know, right, you don't want to kill the ladybugs shit. or whatever. Right, yeah. you know. So, but it's, it's, I mean, it sounds I'm not easy. sure we should really be encouraging our listeners who right. have a tendency to, to have way a lot of self confidence in their abilities oh. beyond you reasonable. Know, every time no, I have an idea, I come out there, I see people doing it. Nobody yeah. loves mushrooms as much as me, but the thought of mushrooms, of the last of us becoming real life, scares the crap out of me. It's happening, I promise. Oh, dude, there's some scary shit that's going on right now. But, uh, yeah, as far as, I mean, they're using uh, neonicotinoids um, to kill a whole bunch of shit. That's a nicotine. It works on the nicotine uh, receptors. So there's another biological insecticide, but not necessarily a fungus one. They have those uh, dip, those little uh, mosquito dips. Those are those. Some of those have a fungus in them that lives in the water and attacks uh, certain species of aegypti, the um, mosquitoes. So they've done that. They've also made. Um, I know that they've. Uh, oh, there's that fungus that just eats the shit out of the freaking um, the cicadas. 
it turns their whole butt into like this, like a solid, like mass. Yeah, I've seen, that. seen that. One? Strange, strange. Stuff. Yeah, it, it basically mummifies them. Yeah, well, they 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 make that now that you can uh, put it little granules around your around your trees and water it in to get rid of the grubs. So uh, it'll take out the, your your grubs for not only your like the little cicada grubs that are chewing on your tree roots, but those uh, Japanese beetles and everything else as well. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, it's it, it it's like most things. I mean, anything with great power has the opportunity to be abused in some way. And I'm going yeah. to be the abuser. Bring I don't up. know. I'm not going to do that. I'm just like, yeah, it's a bad wow. idea. I would say probably by now that pretty much anybody who's going to watch The Last of Us is at least in the first episode, right? Would, would you agree? Yeah, with that? yeah, pretty much. You remember the uh, the uh, interview with the mycologist lady, and they she they explained to her what was going on, and they asked her yeah. what they should do, and her answer yeah. was, "Bomb, bomb this them. motherfucker! Yeah, kill us all! Yeah. I'll go. I'm going to go say goodbye to my family." I mean, that was her only answer. Yeah. Oh. Well, shit, man! Like, Candidia is scary as fuck. Uh, it's the like I might as well get into it because we're all gonna get into it. We'll just yeah, get, devolve. We'll devolve into fucking bullshit here in a minute. All right, so like, all right, so the WHO put out the potential uh, global fungal priority pathogen list, right? And they did this uh, a couple years ago, and they were just giving out a list of 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 like the top five that actually are either killing the shit out of people right now, or are have a high degree of pathogenesis, right? These are back, these are funguses that just, they like human meat and they're adapted to it. Mm. So, uh, Candidia yeah. alabicans, alabicans, I think that's how you say it. Uh, it is an opportunistic pathogenic yeast and its form. It is, it's a fungi, but it forms a yeast in order to get, uh, through it. It's the same one that causes thrush in kids and vaginal yeast infections, right? Yeah. So it's the same a, yeast, a yeast is just a simple fungus. I mean, it's still in the yeah. the fungal family, though. So uh, this particular one is the same one that causes yeah, yeast infections, which means it's an STD that's really common in the human gut. Um, they found that there is a uh, link between, like, the uh, Candidia alopecans and the Crohn's disease. They find that they've done a real big store, a study here that's demonstrated that members of the family who have multiple cases of Crohn's disease, all of them other members of the family for several generations were colonized by Candidia albicans, right? So it's changing their genetics to make their gut more habitable to Candidia. That's pretty crazy, right? Ah, so but, the ED bug thing is going to be real. Yeah. So it's interesting because it can also survive outside the human body. Uh, it's detected in the gastrointestinal tract and mouth of 40 to 60% of all healthy adults. When it gets into your bloodstream, it has a 40% mortality rate. There's average about 11,200 deaths or so a year um, in the United States from this particular uh, this particular fungi. Uh, the genome is only 29 megabytes, so it's really tiny, really, really tiny. It's commonly used as a model organism uh, for fungal pathogens. It's, uh, since it grows Wait, both... did you say megabytes? Yeah. That's what it's called, megabytes, like computers. Yeah, well, they measure the the data of the of the genome. Yeah, yeah. How they're just, that, that's, that's a way of quantifying how yeah. large it is. Is how much ah, storage it takes. Space. To, to I, I love learning new things. There you go. 
So if they're to take out, they write like AGTQ, you know, AGTP or AGT. Uh, was it? A- I was right the first time, wasn't I? But uh, they they write all that out, blah, 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 a bunch of bunch of strings. Then when they add it all up and save it in a fucking Word document, it's twenty nine megabytes. That makes sense. I mean, I imagine it's not a Word document. I just <laughs> use it like that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the cool thing about it is it can also it can make a yeast, a little free swimming little buddy guy, or it can make filamentous cells. So like it can it can spread out like you would see your your, your hyphae and everything go, right? So mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool one. As far as shit hit the fan wise, that one is going to be the one that I, that is the least likely to fucking kill us all. Everybody here has grown the next one. That's Aspergillus fumigatus. Right, mm-hmm. it's the it's the black mold that grows on your petri dish sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of looks a little bit electric. So the fun thing about this is they can grow. Uh, it's happy growing at ninety nine degrees Fahrenheit, normal human body temperature. Yeah, it can grow between. It can grow between fifty degrees. It, it grows happily between fifty degrees and one hundred and twenty two degrees, and survives at one hundred and fifty eight degrees where it's usually found in self-heating compost heaps, right? Mm-hmm. The spores are uh, ubiquitous. They're in the atmosphere. Everybody inhales an estimated several hundred spores every day. They're typically, these are quickly limited by the immune system and healthy individuals. It is estimated that a uh, fumigatus may be responsible for over 600,000 deaths annually, with the mortality rate between 25 and 90%. The really fucking cool shit about this, all right, is it? It has certain building materials. It can make a uh, genotoxin, a cytotoxin, mycotoxin, and something called a gilo or a gilotoxin, right? A, or sorry, a gliotoxin. The gliotoxin, it's a mycotoxin capable of altering the host's defenses through immunosuppression. So neutrophils, you know, they're the primary target uh, of this gliotoxin. This gliotoxin interrupts the function of leukocytes, so like your white blood cells, by inhibiting migration and superoxide production. So it keeps it from moving around and it keeps it from making it all these those superoxides that it uses basically like blast things it eats to kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so production and causes uh, apoptos, apoptosis, apoptosis, yeah, apoptosis. No, it's apoptosis is, is cell death, right? It's like a cell death that starts from the inside and eats them out. It's kind of like what happens to your shaggy mane when it turns to a black dude uh, in macrophages. So another cool thing is that uh, gliotoxin uh, disrupts the pro-inflammatory responses uh, to the in- inhibition of NFXB. So it keeps you from getting inflamed when you're infected with it and it takes over your uh neutrophils your leukocytes and it keeps them from being able to do their job it just neutralizes them it turns off their chemical weapons it's pretty fucking cool i do like Uh, those were six of them i think well sweet what (laughs) this stuff's really fucking cool so if you look at people who have an aspergillus uh, um, you look at the chest x-ray it looks like uh ground glass opacities Opacities are things that the x-ray can't easily pass through. If you look at a starry Milky Way sky, that's what your lungs look like, right? Instead of looking like a big black hole, which is what they should look like, 
because uh, there's nothing there to reflect the x-rays or slow the x-rays down, right? They mm-hmm. should just look like a big black hole. They look like a Milky Way. It's because what it's doing is it's going in there and it's stimulating your body to create millions and millions of little blood clots and block off blood flow uh, to little pockets of alveoli. So the little parts of your lungs that where the actual gas exchange happens, mm-hmm. purpose is so that it can make fruiting fucking bodies in your lungs without being bothered by the immune system because it doesn't have any blood flow. So it's going to kill off your fucking lung tissue on purpose so it can eat your lung tissue undisturbed. Pretty don't fucking cool, right? Don't want to be rude. Yeah. Right? You don't and want to get in there. And it inhibits yeah. your, oh my lord, that's crazy. Yeah. And this is this is the black mold you see, like, the sa- this is the same family of aspergillus that you see, like, growing in your, like, your bathrooms, like the black yeah. mold that grows in your bathroom. Or like yeah, have a, same a roof or whatever. Yep. Fucking family. Same shit. Like, Hold on, I'll be right back. Like, I gotta grab a plate. <laughs> 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 yeah. But like, all right, so this you're talking six hundred thousand deaths a year. That's a bit. Why the fuck is anybody talking about it? It's not sexy. That's all. It's just not sexy. And and there's not much they can do about it, honestly. No, there's not. There's not much they there's uh Amphotericin B is pretty much the only thing that they can use against it. And even then, once it forms its little, the aspergillus will form little peptide shells that are made out of polysaccharides, so like sugars. And uh, then the the antifungals can't even uh, attach to it. So it doesn't fucking matter. You're just fucked. Okay, so Candidia auris. This is number three. So this is the Candidia that I've talked about in the past, where they've had people get infected with it. And it just came out of the fucking blue, right? It didn't exist anywhere on the planet prior to 2009, right? It just, it was not a pathogenic fungus. It probably doesn't even, didn't even exist before then. It was a mutated candidia. So uh, it's really fucking cool. It's a species of fungus that can grow as a yeast. Candidia was first described in 2009 when it was isolated from the ear canal of a 70-year-old Japanese woman at the Tokyo Metropolitan Geriatric Hospital in Japan. And how they found it was this lady who had been having this earache for a long time. And when you looked inside of her ear, there was this white, gross, waxy mat that was in her ear. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so they were like, ew. And so they swabbed it. And they sent it off like, what the fuck is this? It was like this white, gross, waxy, filamentous mat. And they were like, shit, that's terrible. They they sent it off to a lab. It, it, it makes biofilms. The shit makes biofilms. Biofilms, you don't fuck with biofilms. Anyway, biofilms are resistant to pretty much everything. Heat, bacteria, light, radiation, fucking everything. Heat, biofilms don't don't play. Anyway, so this stuff is freaking, this stuff is really awesome, right? So in 20, and then it just kind of disappeared. Nobody really saw much about it. So they were like, ah, maybe it was a one-off thing. So in 2011, in South Korea, saw the first case of disease-causing Candidia RS reportedly the spread across uh, Asia and Europe, the first appeared in the U.S. in 2013. Okay, according to the CDC, 30 to 60 percent of the people with uh, Candidia aureus uh, bloodstream infections have died. It doesn't matter; you can have Candidia right fucking now and not know it. But at some point, you'll get something that'll piss it off. You'll pull a muscle. You'll do something that will piss off that Candidia in your system, and it will fuck you up. Uh. They don't know. It's like sometimes it can be like a drop in the immune system. It can be stress. 
It could be you just got really cold one day. You just got or really put hot. Put agar in your fucking coffee. Yeah, you can right. do anything. You can do anything really, basically, to piss off the candidia that might be in your bloodstream. It goes apeshit. Now, candidia is insane, right? Worldwide fatalities from this infection are estimated to be over seven hundred thousand per year. So, three hundred three quarters of a freaking million people die from candidia oris a year that we freaking know of. Though that means that they. And we only know if they test it and it comes out positive for that. Right? Okay, so this could be so a, one of those, uh, they died of a, when they just put like a heart attack. So like yeah, they're not or sure. Just un- it'll, be, right. it'll probably be like unknown infectious disease. Or COVID. It's usually what it is. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, you know, smellulitis or who knows, right? So uh, that's real nasty shit. Um, what I think is really fascinating about it is it, so uh, the University of Harvard School of Medicine, right? So they had their, um, they had, they were going out there to test this facility to see if they could find candidia in this facility after this facility had supposedly cleaned this room that somebody died in from candidia aris, okay? So this dude passed away from candidia. They decided to go, the, the hospital came in cleaned the room, said, all right, it's good to go. It's clean. We hit it with UV light. We've tested it, right? They went in and they put little Petri dishes of agar all over this room, in the ceiling, in the walls, like just everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Out inside, the, they opened the fucking soap dispenser, and in the, 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 the space above where the little bag of fucking soap goes, put a damn dish in there, Right? They opened the, the, the paper towel dispenser. Behind where the towel, the towel refill go, they put a dish in there. Every fucking dish in that room that they put. They put 288 fucking dishes. Within 24 hours, all 288 dishes showed positive growth for Candidia Aris. It invaded every square inch of that hospital room. And then they started spreading out from there and found that it was in three quarters of the rooms on the wing. They ended up closing the fucking hospital down. And to this day, they fumigated it, but they still have it pop positive occasionally. By fumigate, I mean they're literally gassing the shit out of this hospital, right? Like the entire thing, top to freaking bottom, and with extremely toxic chemicals. And to this day, they've installed UV light uh, in the ductwork. They've done everything that they can, and it's just so freaking persistent. They had to get rid of the drop-down ceiling tiles that they used to have, the acoustic tiles. Because right. they're porous, <clears throat> the fucking shit would get in there and I live. Yep. Yeah. But it was everywhere. They were testing, like, the wheels on the mop bucket of the janitor. Because he's going room to room and spreading this shit. That has a, you know, a, this is 30-60% mortality rate. And it's not just, like, when you get sick with it. That's if you have it. Right? Jeez. That's just not if you get sick with it. That's if you have it, you are eventually, you have a 30-60% chance of dying from it. At some point in the future, those are good odds. That's gonna fuck your world up, right? That's getting any arrest. I uh, <laughs> I <laughs> deal with that. I've transported multiple patients with that, and we dress up uh, like uh, we do for Ebola. Like we do a full hazmat suits for that shit. Okay, here's a fun one. Next one. This is uh, Cryptococcus neoformans. Neoformans. Yeah, it's an encapsulated yeast. Belong to the ca- class of treomelomycetes. It is an obligate anaerobe, so which means it likes like uh, you know lots of air, right? Oxygen. They can live in both plants and animals. 
first described in 1895. This bitch loves sugary spinal fluid. So mm. it likes it's what causes all of your uh your your mycomeningitis, right? Good times, right? Fucking fun. Colonies of uh the sea neoformans are related to fungi growing in the rooms of melted down reactors at Chernobyl, and they've found that it can feed off the radiations, radiotropic, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yes. So so it can literally just eat radiation. So this fucker might be one of the last things alive after everybody goes like, you know, all oh, freaking nuclear war on each other. But it's Almost one of the all. only things. It's one of Almost the only things that can like. It's one of the only you know organisms that are perfectly happy at cooling water plants, like for nuclear yeah. cooling water. It's pretty damn cool, right? Yeah. So. Uh, you guys are so talkative, Dan. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm riveted tonight. <laughs> so what it does is it, it when it when it infects a person, it causes the macrophages uh, to stop producing their oxidative and their nitrosative ad, uh, agents. So uh, it causes it creates a host, hostile environment. So they can't they can't kill the macrophages. Can't kill it. Right, it, chem- it neutralizes the chemical weapons the macrophages usually use. And but if a macrophage eats it. Because it's neutralized the the chemical weapons would normally use to dissolve something, which would be like you know, all the oxidative agents would destroy the DNA of something that's a, that's that's eaten by a macrophage. It can then infect the macrophage uh, and run around, take control of the fucking macrophage, and run around and bump into other cells and break off filamentous pieces of itself, right? And grow in those cells. Pretty fucking cool, right? It's just like, hey, let me borrow that motile cell real quick. We're just gonna go around. I'm gonna grow a whole bunch of like slime on the outside. Just go around and bump into everybody, and I'm just gonna infect all you bitches. Yeah, it's like the guy with herpes at a furry concert. It's good times. <laughs> so, <laughs> everybody's getting touched, just like church school. Okay, touched me. He touched me. I need, I need my doll to show you. So. Nobody's quite fucking sure how this thing passes the blood-brain barrier, but it's one of the only known uh, pathogens that can pass through the blood-brain barrier just by its damn self, without having to ride on the back of anything else or sneak its way in or get in through uh, a hole in the ear canal or something like that, right? Um, Now, one study suggested that uh, it's creating serine proteinase, right? So it's creating a chemical... That basically transmits um, electrochemical signals through the blood-brain barrier, and then it's going, yeah, no, totally. I'm just a really big signal, and just pushing its way through. So it's pretty neat. Uh, let's see. So uh, metalloprotease MPR1 has been demonstrated to be critical in blood-brain barrier penetration. Uh, so it's basically faking it till it makes it through. It's what they think, but nobody's really 100% sure. Now, as cool as this one is, it only has a 30% mortality. I said it only has a 30% mortality. Look at COVID. It what, 2%? And then fucking shut the world down forever. Uh, now, there's no studies on how many people this bitch has killed, um, which is I find really interesting. I mean, if it's killing so many people and it's making the, the fungal meningitis, you figure they would go, hey, this bitch is really nuking the shit out of a whole bunch of people. We should probably keep track of it. Um, 
I find when there's they're not keeping track of something to be scarier than when they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> this this kills thirty percent of everybody it touches. But I find, and we're not going to uh, keep track of those numbers at all. Just just flush them there. Just flush them. Just Hillary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't increase. Don't worry about that. So, histoplasma. uh, Here's one. Here's the the newest, coolest kid on the block. It's one of the histoplasma species. It's called a mucorails, right? In in the mucorails thing. So, freaking India. You can thank India for this bullshit. Thanks again. Yeah, this this is thank India for this bullshit. Mucomycosis in India. Right now, it is killing the fuck out of people in India. And, I mean, there's there's, there's just thousands of deaths a day. It's a common back, uh, fungus that lives everywhere. Um, and they have just trained it over time to eat some people. And then what they did with it is that the whole time during COVID, they were just handing steroids out to everybody. They literally set up kiosks where you could go, and instead of buying a fucking hot dog or some shit, I don't know what the fuck they eat over there, falafel or, or something, you could just go and just, just get a handful. Literally, buy a handful of curry. Of, yeah, no curry. Here's your bowl full of anti, uh, anti you know, uh, steroids, your anti inflammatories. So, just literally handing out the, the, the anti inflammatories and the steroids by the bucket full to people. So much so that India ended up with an entire plethora of uh, these diseases that would normally be orphan diseases that are that are usually only in HIV and AIDS patients, right, that are advanced, because they suppress their freaking immune system to the point that mycomycosis could get a freaking foothold. It used to be they would have maybe worldwide 300 cases of mycomycosis in the entire world. And it sounds exactly what it, what it, what it sounds like, right? Myco, in your fucking exactly. nose, mycosis. So what it's doing is it's getting into your freaking nose, up into your nares, and you have this very big, complicated baffle system up here above your forehead, and it's living in there, reproducing in the slime, which is basically slushy adgar, and then eating your fucking bones and eating the cartilage, eating everything else, and getting into your eyes and eating your eyes, getting into the roof of your mouth and eating the roof of your mouth, and it's just dissolving these people like if you were to pour really right. super strong acid on them. Yeah, that, and I think it's, that's a, it's a sub context of, of fungus called mycobacterium they're referring to, right? They're, no, they're, in, the same, same, they're in the same they're, family. What? Well, yeah, there's... <laughs> I was like, there, there's, there's one. It's a, it's a histoplasma uh, is the one that, that's causing the, the mucorails. So there is the, the mycobacteria um, that is... It's pro- Maybe they work together. This is the only one that I found on the, the CDC one. Well, and I, was, the, the I watched it. The number ten cause of death worldwide in 2022 was a mycobacterium. Fucking yeah. terrifying. That would be tuberculosis. Yeah, well, you could really? take India for the total that back drug again. Resistance. Yeah, it, no, it, it, I got it some never shit left. To it never left. No, you could take India again for that bullshit. Making taking a regularly something we could really kill off pretty easy with streptomycin. Right, and then turning it into multi-drug resistant, and then total drug resistant tuberculosis, Super which means that, welcome to 1880 again, bitches. You can't do shit with it. It's just TB. They're literally rounding people up and putting them on on uh, like reservations Fire. in Colorado yeah, 
Yeah, more people died last year from tuberculosis in the world than from homicides. That's including wars and stuff. Yeah. Those are fucking was... rookie numbers. We gotta bump that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it was like fifteen thousand people in twenty twenty two alone. Who are we gonna challenge to a war next? We gotta bump that shit up. Let me finish. Let me finish. We my can't let the, we can't let the mushrooms win. We need to murder more people than them. All right. So yeah, India. This fucking shit. I watched a documentary on this crap, and the people's faces are fucking dissolving. And um, there's not much they can do about it, right? Because like, so like leprosy. Yeah, but uh, no. leprosy is also a much better. Leprosy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's killing me, man. It's killing me. It's like what the hell? I don't want no. my face to rot off. That that doesn't sound like any fun at all. You could call oh, into work because your foot your foot fell off and you can't drive a stick shift. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend mycomycosis. Yeah, uh, yeah that's gonna your jack own. your world up. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it all. Uh, those are the one. Those are the big ones that who's currently worried about. Um, there's a well, the, they have the. I mean, they they have all kinds of ways that they've been working on it. I mean, it's uh, the jack lanterns and the portobellos. They're mycelium. Yeah. They use those. Those are two really big ones, like for against streptococcus and shit like that. They put them in plates, and um, it's basically kind of what you were talking about earlier today uh, with the cake. Or they put the like E. coli in there, and it makes all the stuff. But they yeah. they they actually make fungicides out of fungus to go nice. ahead and back that to, to go ahead and fight the shit. So basically, it's the same yeah. thing you, again using with the, the fungus to fight other fungus. Send them yep. to war. I mean, like yeah. yeah, if you were aliens, what's the easiest way to get to, to fight humans is use other find humans. another alien. Oh, we already know how to kill each other, right? Just like right. you know, if I was an alien, I came to Earth. I would just have to. I would just present myself as a religious being and let everybody kill each other off over religion, or just hack into a nuclear warhead and fire it off. The rest of them will take care of themselves. Yeah, there's that too. That doesn't sound as fun though. I think it'd be more fun. You know? Yeah, be a god. Yeah, yeah. I'm Glaxor. I'm Glaxor, son of Glaxon. You know, bow down to me. I am your new god. Screw all others, and then just let the Middle East blow itself to shit with everybody, and everybody else attack. You know, it'd be, it would be very hard at all. So any any sufficiently advanced technology is magic, anyway. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, uh, well, I went on a hell of a rant there. <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> I didn't even get the goat bleed of doom or anything. No nope. shit. I was damn. We can't be having these podcasts and all this serious stuff. Come on, now. Man, I was thinking the same dude, thing. Like, Way too serious. Yeah. Dude, some of that shit was just some of the shit that's going on in the world right now with micro diseases is freaking terrifying. Like, it's bad. Like, okay, like, look at the weapon, look at weaponization of funguses, right? Let's say, like, we wanted to go ahead and, you know, just kill off bad guys somewhere, right? You could weaponize, like, rust. Like the disease rust for, for, for plants, like it kind yeah, of affects all yeah. your grains. Yeah, your grains. Like, there is an entire department in like a bioweapon department of agriculture. Did you know the Department of fucking Ag has its own bioweapons division? Of course, it does. <laughs> yeah, where they look at stuff like that. Well, how do yeah. we make it more pathogenic and how do we stop it from being pathogenic and how do we, you know, but they like. Department of Agriculture. See, like, you think you're sending little Johnny to school to learn how to raise beef, 
And the motherfucker goes, wait, we can weaponize this? And then finds... A- Anthrax? You know, what? Yeah. <laughs> and finds, like, you know, the, the, the black the black budget side of freaking Department of Agriculture. But it's really fucking neat, man. Like, if you were to, like, weaponize the potato famine, you know, like like that kind of shit, you could really screw up some world. Like, I mean, look at, like, bananas right now. Aren't they getting attacked by a fungus that they're going to go extinct in the next, like, five or six years? Yes. Chocolate? Our current bananas are because they're all a clone of one plant. Wasn't it, like, it's like phyllo something or that was the banana uh the banana virus, or it's a virus, was the bacteria. Yeah, it, this has happened before, though, in the past. That's why banana candy does not taste like modern bananas because it was modeled after the original banana. Which was the, uh, not the Cavendish, it was the other one, right? Yeah. And, we and currently another, eat them. Another Cliff Clavin moment. Uh, you know, our bananas, you know where they come from mostly? Trees? Europe. Europe. They grow our bananas in Europe. That's where they get what? That's what? where they. That's where they culture them at. But freaking great okay. man. Oh, culture them. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was no like, yeah. I've been to fucking Europe. It is way too goddamn cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the commercially available bananas are cultured yeah. there and then they're sent to all the banana growing regions, you know. They're, yeah. They're all cold. Huh. Yeah. I've tried to, I grew a banana out that I bought at like a uh, uh, greenhouse and it was just like a decorative type of Now it made fruit. Don't get me wrong. It made fruit. All bananas will make fruit. But the fruit was shit. <laughs> like they're like, oh no, it's a banana. But uh, it was they just weren't that good. And yeah, out, out of every like fifty species of bananas, only one is really tasty. They say. Well, we eat the well. We right now is the the Cavendish banana, right? But what was the old one called? The one that went extinct prior to this. Let me let me Google through this. Yeah, look look that up for me because I, I remember it being. It was bigger. It was quite a bit larger than the Cavendish banana is now. And it was a lot sweeter. It was, yeah, it was a lot sweeter. Now, there is, if I remember correctly, there is a, a company who is not fucking sponsoring us called Fruitbox, who does have greenhouses that grow the old-timey original uh, like banana. And you can order a couple of them to try them. And they taste like the banana candy. Or they taste like the artificial banana flavor. But they don't sell cultivars. I wanted one, but they're much larger banana. It's a much larger banana. It's like it's like a foot long banana. Like it, it's it's much larger. These ones are like six or seven inches. You buy the store, but yeah, it's a much larger banana. But how you discover new fruit? Side quest here. How you discover new fruit like apples and stuff like that is that you have these these growers who are growing out like tens of thousands of seeds. They're just growing out fuckloads of seeds, and they're planting them in huge swaths and letting them grow up till they make the second year that they fruit. Not the first year, the second year that they fruit to see if the fruit's any good. If the fruit is no good, and then they're just taking all that fruit and turning it into animal feed. If the fruit's good, they mark it. If it's not, they cut that tree down, turn it into your barbecue chips, your barbecue wood, all that other fun stuff. A whole bunch of different products. And then it goes through a selection process of about 10 years. I was they try to like figure seven, out. seven, seven, ten years for something like that. Yeah, it goes through a selection process about ten years until they find a new one that tastes really good. Now, in a field, and we're talking the—I'm calling it a field. It's not a field. It's 660 acres or one square oh, mile shit. fields, right? One square mile field. In a field, they're going to put in uh, about 250,000 apple trees, 
And in that field, they might find one or two potential uh, apples in that entire fucking field. Now, each one of those apples... Get an apple off of each tree? <laughs> yeah, they have people who eat tiny, tiny slivers off of each fucking tree over a period of a year, and that is their entire goddamn job. You show up to work, and you're like a salmonet for fucking apples. You show up, and you just sit down, and you eat this wafer-thin piece of tiny apple, and you go, fuck, I hate my life. I need another one. And take <laughs> fuck, I hate my life. I need another one and take notes. And, but it doesn't pay much. It's like a $26,000, a year job. Uh, but, you know, you just sit there and you take freaking notes. And um, that's your job. Just apple taster. Uh, but there's like 50 other people that work in this building that do the same thing, and they just go off of votes. Now, once they find the apple, like apple number... 2685 right for then they go out there and they mark that tree okay this one's a potentially good apple then they take the apples from that tree toss them in the air put them in bags roll them down the street see how well they bruise how they hold on the tree stuff like that um and that's that's basically how they come up with new apple varieties and if they can't some of them they might find are super tart but they make a good cider so they market them to companies that are making their own apple ciders um, but that one tree that they grow, that might be the new Macintosh or whatever, that one tree is worth billions of dollars. So it's worth it to them to look for 10 years to find a $5 billion tree. Because that one tree, the next spring, right as soon as the buds come out, they'll have a group of scientists go out there and harvest every fucking bud off of that tree. And every bud off of that tree goes on to rootstock for a new tree. And each one of those new trees is sold for several thousand dollars a piece because they're the newest apple out there. And they, which means that the new market, they can charge whatever they want for them. You can buy them at six or seven dollars a pound at HEB because it's the newest fucking apple. Does that make sense? It does. So is yeah. there a bad apple? Yeah, they're bad apples, man. You can make bad apples all your own. Just grab a random yeah. apple. I, that's not what I said. It. I said a bad apple. A veg apple. I don't apple. know. I speaking, <laughs> speaking of vajapples, the, the original the original banana was called the the I'm gonna I'm gonna murder this name because it's like French. It's like Gros Michel. Oh the Gros Michel, yes. That's yeah. it. Ah oh, fuck. I couldn't remember it forever and now I remember it. Yes. The Gros yeah. Michel. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. French Guyana. That's where that came yep. from. God. Now it's the, like the, click the Cavendish came all there is to about. Bananas. Yeah. And the Cavendish came from a greenhouse yeah. in the UK. Yeah. That was after the gross Michelle, like I'll die. Does it? There was done. Yep. Yeah. Look a fungus that. killed him. Yeah. And the fungus the same fungus oh, is attacking the cerium rot, right? For cerium rot? Uh the article I read didn't name the fungus, but let me let me look. I'm pretty sure it's for cerium. A Panama disease. Uh, Jesus Christ, I've only had one beer. Why did you guys not tell me to keep drinking? Fuck. Son of like, a bitch. Right? Y'all let me down here. Oh, it's a new a new strain of the old fungus, and they're calling it tropical race number four. But what is it? Is it a fusarium? It, they don't tell you. It was called Panama disease back in the day. They didn't give the name oh, of the fungus. Fucking bastards. I bet you it's a fusarium. I'm probably wrong because <laughs> I'm so confident about it. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I, I doubt most people are going to Google you and call you out and say, "Hey, hey, wait a minute." Oh, they will. It's a podcast, I'm, bro. I'm looking They're going to Google every fucking thing. I'm, every I'm fucking looking it up thing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <He's a liar. laughs> that bitch. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, discovery of how to do apples. It's pretty neat, right? Um, yeah. They, they, they do the, figs are, they do the figs same thing with grapes. grapes. Grapes in the USA can, cannot grapes, grow peaches, in the ground. Grapes, fucking pears. No, they can. They put them on, uh, they put them on Mustang grape uh, vine rootstock, and they grow just fine. Right. But, I mean, they, they can't use the original rootstock here in the United States. Oh, no. It kills the fucking shit out of them. Yep. But, uh, now, figs are different. I've, I've crossed a fuckload of figs. Just, and, and uh, every single one of the ones that grows is good. They just might be slightly smaller or slightly larger. So figs are, if you're going to, if you're going to play fruit, you know, like fruit bad scientists, I'd say you start with figs. You can cross, they cross first off like rabbits, right? Like they're so easy to cross. They're, they're not even funny. When, once the fruit starts turning ripe and starts look, you start seeing the little holes appear on it. Just grab you a swab, jab it in one and jab it at the other's asshole. And ta-da, you've, you've now apologized. And um, and then you just wait for that fruit to turn, like, to where it's getting saggy and it's going to fall off the tree. You're going to want to tie a net around it because the stupid birds will come and eat it. And you can take those seeds and then plant them, and, and almost every fucking seed will grow. Um, and then you can, you can now cross those. And they grow super fast. Like, figs aren't a slow-growing thing. And um, so, like, you know, year three, you've got fruiting figs again. So they're they're like you know twelve feet tall, like they grow fast, and so um, it's really easy to uh, to propagate them. But you're going to come out. You're not going to you're not going to end up with anything you can't eat. It's not like apples where you're going to end up with something that's the size of a a baseball and hard as a rock. Uh, like you just you have to freeze it four times before you can eat it, and the right. pigs won't even eat it, right? Um, but um, hey, the pigs don't eat it. Just, that's bad. That's bad. I had I fucked up some apples before, but. Uh, like the the figs, you're gonna come out with something that's edible. I, it's gonna be sweet, and it's gonna be fig like, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tasty. It just might be fifty percent of the size of the ones you previously harvested. It might be two hundred percent bigger. It might be uh, purplish instead of yellowish, or brownish, or blackish. So they're really really easy. They're they're super easy. They pass their genes on in a way that is delightful to humans, and then you can clone that one infinitum and sell it as your own damn clone. Nice. Uh, Speaking of selling as your own clone, let's say I have two mushrooms. One of them grows big as hell, but it's not very potent or it doesn't have the flavor I like. But I got one that's a little smaller that's super potent. You trying to cross Lizard King with something? I'm just saying, let's say one of our (laughs) viewers wants to cross something. Okay. How would they go about crossing, creating their own new mushroom? I mean, you know, you hear people say all the time, you know, I have this new mushroom, but they don't actually have a new mushroom. That's a huge so cereal that's solution, a, and that's a long fucking process. Well, we can just touch on it briefly. Okay. I mean, you know, so touch to on it briefly, that. super fast, briefly overdue. You're going to take spores from each one of them. You're going to put them in water. You're going to take a tiny sample from that water, like one mil of that water, and put it into a liter of fucking other water. You're going to spin that bitch up, and now you've made a one to 100,000 dilution. Right, you're gonna take Correct. that freaking dilution and you're gonna put it and you're gonna spread it out on a, on a dish and you're gonna look for little bitty, uh, uh, little bitty sprouted. What do you call them? Germinated spores. Germinated spores. Those are probably going to be monos. You could, you're just gonna assume they're monos until you, unless you have a microscope. Then what you'll do is you'll carefully cut that fucking mono out and sandwich it on top of a mono from the other species you like. 
You can sandwich them together and they're going to make babies, or you can put them next to each other and let them grow together and make babies. I find that just smashing the one on top of the other works best. Nice. Just because so let, let's say I do that. Like and, we're saints. It's coarse love. Yeah. And I grow out a, a totally new mushroom or yeah. several new you know, shoe boxes full or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I find mm-hmm. one that I love. What should I, I do it. now? What, what's the next thing? The oh, only fucking thing you, you can gotta do. You got to keep love. growing it out, though. You yeah. Know, yeah. Right. You, you can. You can print it. I mean, you want to print it. You want to. You want to keep going. Yeah. The spores out. Anything else is an isolation. It's just a mutant. Right. Yeah. yeah. You it, can't it, tell that. The so, only thing that you're going to be able to do is, is you're, you're going to clone it. <laughs> yeah, you can clone it and sell uh, it as a clone. Uh, not that I recommend anybody sell any liquid cultures or anything like that. No, 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 no. But you can clone it for yourself and grow it out, and clone it for yourself and grow it out, clone it for yourself and grow it out. And try to stabilize the looks of it that way. Because remember, every mushroom can be several different fruits, right? So uh, several different strains of genetic material. So you can try to isolate it that way. And personally, that's what I would do. Is I would clone it, grow it out, clone it, grow it out, clone it, grow it out. I'd do that five fucking times. And then I would get spores from it. Because at the fifth time, I'm reasonably sure that I have cloned from the best fruit, from the best fruit, from the best fruit, from the best fruit, the best fruit. I've stabilized a phenotype. I think at that point that I can take spores from it, grow the spores, and have a reasonable expectation. It's going and then to the same look process again, about three something times. like yeah. that. Yeah, nice. and then you're going to start the same process again. You're going to take, you're going to grow out your spores, select for the hardiest mycelium, yeah, or whatever grow, you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, grow your uh, grow your mushroom out that way, and then you're going to grow that out, clone, grow that, clone, grow out that, clone, clone. Grow that out a couple times. Spores. I mean, if you do that, so it might take you five or six months if you're fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then, to be able to stabilize something to the point where you will have something that will reasonably, from spores, carry a phenotype similar to what you put out there in the picture. These nice. people that are running around there and selling stuff off of one fucking swab, off of one fruit that they have in one shoebox that they like, that they have it's just never grown out before is kind of scummy things because it's not, there's no fucking clue what they're going to grow next time. It right. might grow little tiny mushrooms. It might not grow mushrooms. It might grow fucking just fancy myceliums. It might just be really weak. I mean, you never know. It's going to, it's, it's going to grow something. But, so, so, so once you've grown this out five, six times, proven it out on yeah. spores, then you get to name it what you want to name it. Then it's yours. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. I can yeah. call it this shit's permanent or they're coming, they're coming or whatever I want, yeah. right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, you can call it whatever the hell you want. <laughs> that oh. one's yours at that point. But you'll be at that point, you'll be more, you'll be 25 generations in. All right? right. You'll be further removed from the original than we are from the Stone Age. Right? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So you're using the power of numbers at your to your advantage. Yeah. Perfect. People don't realize that, but you go back 25 generations, you motherfuckers are Stone Age bitches. Yeah, I mean, you think... Wasn't that long ago. Each generation is a minimum of 60 years. Yeah. For humans, anyway. Well, I guess guess some people breed a little faster than that, but we won't get into all that. (laughs) That fucking movie... The fucking movie Idiocracy. Idiocracy. It yeah. started out as a fucking comedy and became a goddamn documentary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this poor people saw it. We're like, people saw that. We're like, 
Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jethro there shooting out fucking 78 kids where the smart people waited to have babies. And then they just, it's like, he died right of their cancer or some shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Your family yeah. tree reduced to zero. Yeah. yeah, me and my mom graduated high school together. What are you talking about? <laughs> watering, watering crops with Fanta. <laughs> Whoa! It's Brondo. It's got what uh, crops crave. It's right. got Electrolabs. <laughs> Was it uh, President uh, Joe Camacho? Camacho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that show. Listeners, if you have not seen that show, we quote it. That is your homework. Pretty fucking awesome. Pretty awesome. Oh, it's that a is great show. Watch Idiocracy. That is one of the most quotable shows in modern times. It's it's so great. The smartest the, person on the planet, the fucking prostitute, the dumbest person in the army. <laughs> As as a bonus, you can you can guess the show that I quoted for my mushroom names. <laughs> uh, well, you, you guys don't even know that one, do you? What'd you call me? I said I said my the names for my mushrooms were they're coming, they're coming, and this shit's permanent. Myers attacks. Ah, no, it's from one of the Ted movies, man. Oh, oh different Pineapple Express? No, no, fucking. Uh, Yo, is that what he's going through? Is that Bill what he's... Ted's Excellent Adventures? No, Ted, the movie with the with the uh, no, stuff. That's what he's going through the porn. He's like, got a label of shit. He's got. Yeah, he said, I asked my weed guy to step it up a bit. Oh yeah. And then the one taking was help me get home, and he's like hugging a fucking wall on the way home, like, oh, take it home. That's a great show too. I mean, it's it's baseless, stupid humor, but I laughed the entire time. Where they're trying to milk Tom Brady and everything. <laughs> <laughs> if it has nipples, you can milk it. And the cops like somebody's trying to milk Tom Brady again. <laughs> what? Why are they trying to milk it? Why is it such a thing? He wanted to have a kid. Him and his wife couldn't have kids, and they were trying to get Tom Brady's. (laughs) Oh, they're trying to milk him that way. I'm sitting here. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking, God, poor Tom Brady's nipples. It must be shaved. See, Ted's a a teddy bear that came to life, so he can't have kids with his wife. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, doesn't mean he can't like insert a flashlight in himself or something. Right. Like those people, those bronies that do that all the time. The bro, well, bronies. Well, he—he's the guy. He's trying to get his wife pregnant. I get. It. <laughs> well, he's got to milk him somehow. Oh, for Tom Brady, yeah, they were going to do it. <laughs> him and his buddy, uh, Mark Wahlberg, was going to help him. Oh Jesus, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Hold him down, I got him. I, I I showed my daughter that Mark Wahlberg started out as a rapper back in the day, and she was just amazed at that. <laughs> A lot of people don't realize he, he was Marky Mark originally. I think he's from the same place that like Pookie is, right? Like in that little like Massachusetts kind of area. Yeah, Boston, Boston area. Yeah. Boston area. Yeah. Boston's got that. He's got that uh, that mass hole type uh, accent. Yeah, like bumper cars. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, this has been a really, really, really scientific episode. Um, I've enjoyed it. I think pretty much everybody else enjoyed it. Uh, I think we could get another scientific episode out of here. There was a lot of shit that I didn't talk about that I kind of wanted to. like, um, But 
It's stuff that I feel like I need to brush up a little on, right? I think it, like, I think it's better when we don't do too much brushing up because uh, then we just fucking just off the just top of our heads spewing shit. Yes, ninety nine percent of this shit like, today was off the top of my head. The only thing I wrote down was like the scientific words, and you could tell I wrote them down because you're like, I mispronounced them. That's the only parts that I wrote down because I was like, hey, this is how to say that. And I fucked it all up. So, uh, but there's just a couple other things like, man, there's some just, there's a bunch of like uh, pathogenic fungi right now that are just really, we're racing against like crop failures with, you know, uh, that are just doing really bad things. And then didn't they trace a colony collapse disorder in bees to insecticides and funguses? Yeah, they're actually uh, there's actually um, mushroom bodies that you can grow around your hive, and the bees will consume the mycelium, and it actually helps them uh, stop all that. That's fucking sweet, right? Yeah, like, not, I've, I've read some Paul Stamets work on that. That's awesome. Like, why are we not doing on? this? They're they're, yeah, they're making they're making huge batches of sugar water, um, basically LC, right? And they're yeah, adding yep. this mycelium into this sugar water. And they uh, they put it out there in bee feeders, and the bees are just taking it in there, and it's fixing the problem. That's awesome. Yeah, you know that's so, great. But it doesn't cool stop shit. them from getting infected every time they go touch another bee, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, they got those they got those mites too, but there I think there's there's various uh, pathogens we can use for to get rid of those mites. Yeah, I know those, that if that they. I know that the, the one of the ways that, that we do, we've kept these, is that we apply a little bit of uh, like petroleum jelly to the, the whole the bees come in. Yeah. yeah, to the where the bees come in and out of, and then like on their little runways, and they get they hate it, so they get it on themselves, and they go fucking ape shit cleaning it off, right? And that them going ape shit to clean it off is what uh, stimulates them to actually find the mites that are on them that are sucking the like life out of them and eat them and kill them. You know? Varroa, I believe so, it's the name of mites. Varroa mites. Yep. Yeah, those things are bastards, yeah, well, man. Yeah, well, even once they get in there, they just they just ended up in the cells. So the bees are born with them in the cells, and they're basically yep. sucking the life out of the larvae. But he's still born. He just has these fucking wings that look like a fucking decrepit fucking, you know, homeless man. Yeah. How the hell did I know what a varroa mite was? Oh, never mind. Yeah. I have ADHD. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. It works good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what touched you at some point? Maybe, <laughs> but no, oh, man. There's a. I have never there's a, before. So you just say it. Yet, yet. there's uh, fungi. There's fungi infections in humans that also you're finding are, um, like changing how your skin, like, behaves. So they're finding that people like with really nice skin have certain types of fungi in their hair and fungi on their skin. And then you could take that fungi from somebody with really nice hair and skin and inoculate somebody else. And it grows on them as long as they follow roughly the same kind of hygiene routine. Like they're not just washing themselves with Dawn fucking dish soap or something. <laughs> but uh, like use real actual fucking soap like normal people and um, or like the cooler kids. And you're going to you're going to see that really, really improve. So they're doing the cool stuff. There's also funguses. And your gut biome that they're using for fecal transplants. They're taking fat fucking people and giving skinny people's fucking shit. Literally 
They're oh, shit. Boy. The fecal transplant. <laughs> and they're finding that the fat people are losing fucking weight like a motherfucker. That so, makes skinny people too. I've been yeah. They had that. They had that on house uh, like years and years ago. Yeah, a majority of my life, I've had trouble gaining weight. That might have something to do with it. So we got to get a fat person. You're you're eating way too much shit. (laughs) I I guess. If you if you want me to, I love you, bro. I will go to work and I'll bring back a sack from one of these six hundred pound people. I don't want to go in reverse of this. I I don't mind. Yeah. (laughs) If you're just if you're just worried about your health, there we'll, now we'll give I, you some six hundred pound hippo land going sea mammal fucking poo. Well, now and we'll see if you blow up like I, a goddamn hippo. I'm yeah. starting to swell up a little bit in my old age. So I, I'm getting there. I'm getting not there. not enough. Obviously, let's see what happens. I mean, come on. Let's see what happens. Find out. Yeah, find out. Let's see what happens when we give the skinny healthy guy some six hundred pound poo. You know, pack it in the hoagie. Shove it down. I was yeah, one of yeah. those we- weird guys that gained weight when he joined the army. I mean, through basic training. That's, that tells That's you something. Muscle ass. Yeah, I was yeah. the the day I joined the army. I was six foot one and one hundred and fifty pounds. Holy shit! That's he like yeah, that's my leg. That's my leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Now Jesus, that I'm a little older. I'm six three and two hundred and twenty. So I've, I've I've expanded a little over the years, dude. You gotta, you gotta put on some. You gotta put on some some muscle mass in order to get to play on the ambulance. You get your ass whooped. That's with those stats. You gotta like. You gotta. You gotta be able to like. Hold pick them down up and throw some, <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be able to fight. You gotta have some upper body. <laughs> a little bit. Of, a little bit of padding when they fight back, right? <laughs> yeah. Some for an Oh, dude! Like Jesus, one time I like a long time ago. Jesus, long, long, long time ago. Many years. We had a, a, a guy who was a, a football player that had done a shitload of PCP, right? Oh, boy. And we were trying to round him up and take him to a psych facility so that he could just, like, just ride it out, right? Basically. Uh, the cops didn't want anything fucking do with him. And so they're like, hey, we can't really fuck him up too much because he's a football player. We don't really want him to be, like, you know, broken. Um. So we're going to have you EMS guys go take him and take care of him. We're like, ah, fuck. Anyway, long story short, got my ass kicked. And, like, part of that was he literally with this giant man paws. Like, this dude was, like, 6'8", 330, 340. Grabbed my fucking chest. And I'm a big guy. Right now, I'm six foot four, 268 pounds, 270 pounds. Grabbed my fucking peck and tore it away from my chest. Literally oh. tore my peck away from my chest and broke my clavicle at the same time. That would sting a Just with crunch. I was like, fuck. I just, at that point, your only hope is to curl into a fetal position and start screaming and hitting them as hard as you can and about the, like the knees and groin. And uh, that's basically Peter, what we did. Peter Griffin and lay down and go, ah. No, it hurt. It hurt. As far as painful things that have happened to me, uh, top five. And the rehab for it was terrible. Like, my pec muscle was just floppy, right? It balled up underneath my skin, right? It was just it was gone. Uh, so muscles, are, muscles can only contract. They can't expand, right? So if you cut a muscle, you break a muscle somehow, it just snaps like a rubber band and then 
forms a big ball underneath the skin. Yep. So it formed like a big ass freaking like I had a nice C cup, you know, <laughs> under the skin. Where my where, where my where my left tit broke, and uh, uh, they had to stretch it all back out, put all these little hooks in it, hook it back to my broken fucking clavicle that had a bunch of plates in it now, and then um, sew the shit back on. And then I couldn't use like the left side of my body or lift my right arm above like my my belly button, right? Because it would you it would pull on the other pec muscles for like eight freaking weeks. And then from there I had to go to rehab. And it was so painful. Like, oh do not recommend. Do not recommend. Oh man. I mean I can imagine some it's like that. I don't know, you, you know that Brian Shaw. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, the world's strongest man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, did you see the picture of him giving out the medal at the Mr. Olympia contest? He made those guys look like midgets standing next to him. It was crazy. Oh, this guy was fucking huge. This guy was huge. And I'm trying to be as vague as possible because he's still in sports. Oh, this okay. guy was young. This guy was young back in the day. He's an African-American guy. He's huge. Absolutely fucking massive. And um, he, what he was doing was they had him in like a – like the hospital kind of holding cell, which is it's like a hospital room where they take everything out of it, right? And um, they just had him in the hospital room holding cell, and he was just punching holes in the wall and grabbing a handful of sheetrock and ripping it off, then taking a step to the right and doing it again, and just systematically looking for a way to go through the fucking wall to get out of the room because the door was locked. All right, wow. <laughs> the door had and, one of those uh, handle things. He had to figure out how to work that. <laughs> no, they take that off. It, it didn't. It didn't open, right? It didn't open. It didn't wow. Open. So uh, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna need you to go ahead and get this guy over to that uh, lockdown psych facility, so you can just ride this out." I uh, say probably about four or five more hours of this. I'm like, "Can we just leave him here?" No, he's destroying the hospital property. You gotta get him out of here. I was like, "Can you guys sedate him?" Uh, we've tried. Uh, we we tried. I was like, "What did you try with?" And they're like, well, we've given him. He has Haldol, Ativan, uh, Versed. Um, he has Valium on board. And I'm like, holy fuck, he's still up? I was like, Jesus Christ. So uh, I have what I call the dart, right? It's it's Versed, uh, it's Versed, Ativan, and Benadryl, right? With a little bit of Haldol, like a two milligram Haldol kicker. And, um, I call it the dart because if you hit somebody with it, it's like pulling the batteries out of something and watching it slow down. Like, <laughs> then, they, then they just sit there and drool and watch the dancing brontosaurus in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. They hallucinate and they just kind of <laughs> chill out. Well, uh, I was like, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do. Like, the worst thing that happens with this guy is he goes down, we have to intubate him, and we take him over there, and in an hour he wakes up and he's fine, right? So, uh, like, that's how he got a hold of me. Is I walked up to him when he was like totally not paying attention. First, I tried like clapping my hands and like yelling at him, and all he did was look at me like I was something that crawled out of the fucking sewer. Right? He turns, turns his head, huh? looks at me, she makes eye contact, turns his head back. Not worth my time, right? And so I just walk up to him like, jab, compress needle, pull needle out, start taking step backwards. Got his attention now. Grab, beat up. So, <laughs> wow. it did now, not go well for me. Do they give well. you monetary compensation when stuff like that happens at work? I mean, I get like you get workers' comp. Like, wow. They're gonna pay your like wage, uh, but I mean, like they're not gonna go like congratulations. So it's not assault. You got your ass not assault. 
It's, oh, it's, it is. But this was you were talking. We're talking twenty years ago. It wasn't fucking assault back then. Like you get beat up, your EMS people. Nowadays, if you even fucking touch me wrong, it, 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 it's it's a felony, right? If I'm if I'm working as as far as like EMS nurse EMS nurses emergency medical anybody that's in emergency medicine is fucking working in capacity of emergency medicine or an emergency capacity in any way if you touch them wrong like you slap me hit me push me something like that it's felony fucking assault do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars straight to jail and wow. um the state prosecutes we don't have to so it, it's it's really quite nice it's 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 really cut down on people thinking they could just like punch the shit out of you and get away with it. Gotcha. Which used to be the way. That used to be the way. It used to be it used to be that emergency medicine was a giant fucking brawl every day. Like, you know, you you you'd go to work, you know, you tie your bootlaces and tuck them in and you got you just like go to combat. You make sure there's no knives hanging off you or anything stabby just because you make sure you have short hair and your ties a fucking clip on so that in case somebody grabs you, you know, you can break away. It just it used to be like like MMA every fucking day. Now wow. it's now it's just remind them uh, you're gonna go to jail if you fuck with me. So you can either just say yes or no. Are you gonna get on? Are you gonna are you gonna behave or not? Because if you're not gonna behave, not my problem. I'll back up, wait for it, call the cops, and let them deal with you. Because we don't even beat them down anymore. We just let the cops handle it. Yeah, you don't eat them out of the back of the ambulance or nothing. Huh? No, but people. But, okay, I don't stop them from eating themselves either. So, and the reason that is, the reason that is, and hear me out, is because back in the day, we used to stop people from throwing themselves out of the back of the ambulance, okay? Mm-hmm. And, but too many times, people would get to the door, you're going down the fucking highway, 70 miles an hour, they'd open the fucking back of the ambulance doors, get ready to jump, realize it's going to hurt, grab you and pull you with them, and then ride you like a fucking meat sled down the highway. Wow. Right? <laughs> So now we don't we don't fuck with them. I sit back in the captain's chair and I watch them and I was like, "Hey, hey, that's going to hurt." Go ahead, you're gonna you're gonna be graded on how you fall. Yeah. And by the way, it's <laughs> an eight. That's an eight. It's, <laughs> it's gonna hurt the entire time you're dying. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> if you add in there the it's gonna hurt the entire time you're dying, ninety nine percent of people go oh. Because they like what people think they they want to they want to they want to off themselves or jump out of it. They think, oh, I'm just gonna uh, die instantly. No, humans are extremely resilient. You're gonna die slowly. We're really squishy. Whole time. (laughs) Yeah, it'll hurt right up till unconsciousness. Wow. Yeah. And on that note. Yeah, good times, guys. Good times. Perfect timing. Good stuff. Well, guys, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast. This one uh, was a little science heavy. It was a little bit more organized than we usually do. We would like to thank uh, all of you. Have a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I know, right? There was no goat meats or nothing on this one. we'll, We'll get back to the debauchery next time for sure. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> so we had Trim on today with us. We had uh, we had our buddy over there, the little French guy. We never, never talk. Why didn't you talk at all this time, man? I, I talked I, a little bit. I, I chimed in slightly. 
Yeah. He said, yeah, a so, couple times. I heard him. Yeah, he, he did the yeah. thing, man. <laughs> yes. So as usual, we like to end things on a positive note. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with Deadpool as usual. Yes, I started off low. Give you guys something to build up from. Don't piss on electric fences. Very ah, good. yes. That is wise. Very good. Ancient Chinese proverb. Yeah. Man who has hands in pockets plays with balls all day. Ah, yes. There you go. Man, That's man my, who, my wise Two for one. Man two who stand one. on toilet high on pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael. What do you got? Uh, I'd say don't take life too seriously. You're never going to make it alive out anyways. Yeah. Never make it out alive anyways. Jesus. Wow. There too much of the devil's lettuce. You're going for the crow? Is that for the crow? <laughs> yeah. It is for the crow. That's my favorite movie of all. <laughs> all right. Tram, what do you got for us, buddy? I got one from one of the greatest minds of our time, Mr. Ron White. He Ron says, huh, Ron White. Oh, he says, if life gives you lemons, find somebody whose life is giving them vodka and throw a party. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. That's America right there. That's good stuff. All right, guys. From me, I just want to say that I love you all. Be very careful in your day-to-day lives. Think about how mycology can affect you. It affects everything around you. Keep looking up. Everything. God, it affects everything around you. Your entire life is based on mycology. If mushrooms disappeared tomorrow, there'd be no agriculture. It'd be no medicine. No dirt. Half your foods would die off. It would be a bad day. Tell somebody that you love them, even if it's a stranger, just for the look in their eye. (laughs) (laughs) Which one? Which eye? Which eye are you talking about? Make deep, loving eye contact and say, I love you. Well... You can find us on the Fuck Around and Find Out Discord at uh, Fuck Around and Find Out Cult on Discord. We also have a cash app now. It's dollar sign uh, F-A-F-O Cult. And you can send us money there. And we promise to use it for debauchery. You can also send us us money on Venmo. And it's going to be at F-A-F-O Cult. We promise to use the money for keeping the podcast active. Whether that requires us to buy a case of beer or pay a bill, either way, keeps us active. You can find us on our Etsy store where we keep adding really interesting and entertaining AI art and turning it into cool and interesting shirts for you to wear to let the entire world know how fucked up your sense of humor is. And we love you guys, and you can see us on Discord anytime. Thank you very much. Wait, wait, wait. What's the Etsy? What's the name of the Etsy? Oh, it's the FAFO code. We own it everywhere. It's a deviant mycology FAFO code. Yeah. Excellent. I looked it up. I couldn't find it. It's a FAFO code. I know it. Don't find it. I'll send you the damn link. All right. Do it. All right, guys. We love you. I'll put the link in the podcast. Smooches. (laughs) Bye bye.